The following is a continuation of our series, Onward and Upward, looking at our daily growth through sanctification. We hope you enjoy. We're going to continue in our study. Tonight we're going to talk about how the Bible is our guide for sanctification. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us as we go to your word, as we learn more about how your scriptures are meant for our good and how we need them, Lord. I pray that you would be with each of us and help us to glorify you through this study. I pray all this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Okay, so the Bible is very different than any other book that we read. Would you agree? Hopefully you would agree. If you think about the books, that, does anybody like reading? Like, just love it? It's okay if you don't. Not everybody's a big reader. I made it a commitment to read more this year, so I'm on my fifth book of 2021. That's like huge, because I'm the slowest reader in the world. But anyway, so if you think about the books that you enjoy reading, right? Part of the draw of a good mystery or suspense novel is the slow unveiling of details throughout the book. It draws you in because there's details that you keep learning and it just keeps you sucked in, right? Like it, it gets you excited to keep going. But by the end of the book, what happens? You know everything, right? You know all the details. You know who the murderer is. You know who, who the backstabber is. And it's not as exciting anymore, right? So you're less likely to go back and read that book. You know, a good adventure novel may have some rereadable uh, value to it. But even then, it's just not as exciting as it was when you were reading it. Some books you read may just simply be meh, right? Like you get to the end of a book and you're like, that wasn't bad, but it wasn't good, right? Are you going to go back and read that book? Probably not. But the Bible is incredibly different because we're never really done reading the Bible. We can't just read the Bible and say, finished, got it all figured out, and ready to move on. Right? We can't do that. That's just not how the Bible functions. We may know a lot of details about the Bible. We may understand things about the characters and stories from the Bible, but we can never finish reading it in this life. Okay? Unlike the mystery novel, God keeps revealing details to us that we've never seen. God keeps working in us to grow us in ways that we didn't see before. So, again, we can read a book and know everything about it, but the Bible will continue to teach us continue to captivate us. And we can't just have like a neutral position on the Bible either. We can't read it and say, well, that was interesting. We're either going to be captivated by it or we're going to be in enmity with it. Because if we have a neutral position on the Bible, is it really a neutral position? No, it's a negative position. We can't just say, I'll read it when I want to or I'll enjoy the parts I like. We have to be captivated by the Scriptures. doesn't mean you have to understand it perfectly. doesn't mean you have to know everything about it. But God draws us closer to Himself through the Bible. And again, we're talking about sanctification. God drawing us closer to be like Him. And the Bible is how we do that. It's either life-changing as it draws us in, or it's going to make us further enemies of God because we push it away. Uh, so tonight, we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at the very Word of God and how it is our guide for sanctification. The Bible does contain a lot of do's and don'ts, okay? And those do's and don'ts point us towards something greater. Those do's and don'ts are actually for our good, 
even when they don't feel like it. Uh, but God uses those to transform us. God's after the heart of his people. So one writer, Dr. Kevin DeYoung, says God's commands are given as a means of grace so that we might grow in godliness and show that we love him. So again, God gives us his scriptures so that we can understand him better, so that he can reveal himself more to us, and so that we can love him more. So tonight, this is our main point. If we're going to grow in our faith, we can't do it apart from the scriptures. If you're going to grow in your faith, you can't do it with a closed Bible. So we can't do it apart from the scriptures. So I believe Christopher asked you to read Matthew seven or five, seventeen to twenty. Yes. Okay. Matthew five, seventeen to twenty. It says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what do you all think he means when, in verse 17 when he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or prophets, but I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill him. Fulfill them. What do you think he's trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. He's actually digging in pretty deep with them here. So these religious leaders were the ones that were adding to the law. They were saying, not only are you to do this, but you're also to do this, this, and this. Or, yes, you're supposed to follow these laws, but here's some other ways that you can honor God through that. And Jesus is saying, no, like I'm actually here to fulfill it perfectly and like the way it was supposed to. I'm not here to add anything to it or take anything away from it. Last week we talked about the standard of holiness. Okay, Has that standard changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament? No, we're still called to be holy as God is. Yeah, so the standard hasn't changed. Therefore, Jesus fulfilling the law shows that the standard has not changed. That's the standard that we could never uphold ourselves. That's why we needed Jesus to come and fulfill that standard for us. doesn't mean that we will be perfect uh, when we're following Jesus, but it does mean that Jesus is running our hearts now. It does mean that we have a new king in our hearts when we're following him. And that comes with change. The religious leaders of that day had bad habits of saying, we do this better than everyone else because we follow all these rules that we ourselves created. See how arrogant that is? Of course they can be better than everyone else. They're the ones that made up all these laws. Uh, So Jesus is showing everyone that the law had always pointed towards him in the first place. He was the one that they were about. He's the one that came to fulfill it. So when he says in verse 20, this is the part that is a little bit hard to read for us. When he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom. Does that seem a bit harsh? Does that seem impossible? What do you think he's trying to say there? I think what he's saying is that, again, the standard hasn't changed, right? You look at these quote-unquote righteous people. If you're not fulfilling the law perfectly, you're falling short. 
But that's actually the point, right? <laughs> the point is we all fall short. Okay? We need God's holiness, as we spent so much time last week talking about. And unless we have that, then we're never going to be right with God. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one who has come to actually fulfill this in the way that you never could. Trust in me. Okay? These leaders made bad habits of going out in the crowds and displaying their holiness. They would take the best seats in the synagogues and in the, in the marketplaces and in the theaters. They would go around praying using big words that nobody understood because they were showing off. They were trying to make others feel like they were more holy. Um, but those outward displays were just that. They were outward displays. They did not reflect what was going on in their hearts. And that's what Jesus is really after. Jesus is calling us to be a people that are changed by his word. And not only does it change us in our hearts, but it makes its way outward through the way that we live. So we're going to read Romans chapter 7, verses 7 to 8. What then shall we say, that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet, if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, Produced in me all kinds of covetousness, for apart from the law, sin lies dead. So, what is one of the roles of God's law? What does it show us? Yeah, so the law shows us what sin. We would not know what it means to covet unless God told us not to covet something, okay? So you wouldn't know what it means to not murder somebody unless God told us that murdering is bad. The law helps us understand what is bad so that we can do what? We can avoid it, right? It also shows us what's good so that we can pursue that. So the law is absolutely important for us in our sanctification. Because if we're going to be pursuing good things and fleeing from bad things, is it good for us to know what's bad and what's good? Yes. When we recognize those things, we can seek to honor God through them. And we're growing by faith through his grace. So let's turn to Luke chapter 18. Caitlin, I think I asked you to read this one. Luke 18, verses 18 to 23. We're going to look at how the law enters into our hearts and actually creates change. It says, And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. So this is the story. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. He's asking, Lord, what do I need to do to inherit life? And, and what does Jesus ask him to consider first? What does he tell him to go to? First, he points him to the law. He points him to the commandments. And he doesn't go straight to grace. He actually goes to the law. And he says, look, do you follow these things? Do you do what the law says? And what does the guy say? Of course, right? I've got it all. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't coveted anything. Got all those checked off the list. What do you think he's assuming at that point? Because I've done that, I should go to heaven, right? Is that how we get to heaven? No. So what does Jesus then ask him to consider? What's the second thing he asks him? Yeah, so he asks him to go further than that, not because Jesus is adding to the law, but he's trying to get to the heart of it, right? It's not that going and selling his possessions would actually get him eternal life, but what would? Following 
Jesus. Listening to what Jesus has said is what gets us eternal life. Again, this man thought he had everything figured out, but God challenges him through Jesus' words here to say, what's really going on inside of your heart? What's really going on in our hearts, the idolatry of our hearts, make its way out in everything that we do. If we idolize money, that's going to show itself through the way that we live and treat people. If we value relationships, that's going to show itself through the way that we interact with one another. If we idolize sports, okay, they're going to dominate all of our time. If we idolize school, what's going to happen? We're going to be studying 24-7. So everything that we idolize in our hearts is going to make its way out. And for this guy, his own legalism, his own desire to do things on his own was his idol. And God's challenging him drawing him away from that to something better. This man obviously was troubled. Why? Because he had a lot of stuff. He didn't want to give those things up. He simply just wanted to do a couple things and get eternal life. Jesus knows that the law is important for us. He doesn't want us to pretend like it doesn't matter anymore. He doesn't want us to say that we don't need it. He knows it's good, and he knows that we have a heart issue, and that's, again, why he asked these questions to this young man. He's greatly concerned about this man's ability to read the scriptures, understand them, and like apply them to his life. It's good that he has not murdered anyone, right? Have you all murdered anyone? Hopefully not. Okay. Please don't. Have you all ever gone into a store and just ransacked everything and stolen things? Hopefully not. If you have, it's okay. There's grace for that. But, but please don't do that. It's good for us not to do these things. It's good for us to actually follow the laws. Killing people is not a good idea. Okay. Going and robbing a bank is not smart for any of you to do. Please don't do it. You won't get away with it, okay? I guarantee you, no matter how smart you think you are, banks and police are smarter, okay? Please don't do that. But the heart of it is that you wouldn't steal and you wouldn't murder for something higher. To glorify God to the way that you live. To glorify Him by following His commandments. doesn't mean we'll ever do them perfectly. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus presses in to the commandments and really gets at the heart issue of them. Okay, it's not just killing people, but it's anger that's our problem, right? But Jesus is really concerned with our souls. He really wants us to dig deep and to be continually changed by his grace. And one of the ways that he does that, in fact, the main way that he does that is through the scriptures. He doesn't call us to live life apart from his word to us. And because of the change that we have, we are transformed to truly want to honor and please God. Like, it's no longer a burden to us. It's actually something that we get to enjoy and do because we want to. So last passage, let's turn to 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. I'll give you all a second to get there. Do you all ready? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the whole Bible was given to us, given to us to help us in many different ways. And as we see here in this passage, this letter to Timothy, that the Bible serves many different roles in our lives. And what are some of those? Name some off for me. The Bible is profitable for? Teaching. Teaching, okay. We learn through Teaching, right? We can understand things better through teaching. What else? Correction. Do we need to be corrected sometimes? Yes. Okay, what else does it do? Training in righteousness, okay? Do we just get righteousness in an instant? It's a trick question. 
Yes, we do, because Jesus died on the cross and gave it to us. However, does our understanding of that happen right away? No, we need to be trained in that. We need continual teaching from him to show us how to live. Reproof. This means to essentially rebuke or display disapproval of. We need people in our lives that actually look at us and say, yeah, you really need to stop doing that. You don't need to be doing that. We need people to be challenging us. And the beautiful part is he's given us who to do that. He's given us the community of the church to do that in. So the Bible teaches us how to live. God's laws are good for us as they show us how to live holy lives. It shows us how to be sanctified by actually reading it and pursuing it. And he shows us a better way to live through the scriptures. As we look at our sanctification, we need to understand that the Bible is the guide in order to be sanctified. If you think you can grow closer to Jesus apart from his word, you're not going to be able to do it. I don't say that to be mean, crude, or unreasonable. I I really mean that you will not grow in your faith apart from the scriptures. And maybe that's really challenging to you, and I kind of hope it is. It should be challenging to all of us. Sometimes we keep the Bible at arm's length. And there's many reasons we do that. We need to be drawing it in. We need to be pursuing it. Okay? If you travel somewhere, somewhere new, say you go to a new city, if you want to find your way around, what are you going to use? Google Maps. Google Maps. So GPS, right? You're going to use your phone to get around. We used to use things called maps. Okay? Uh, we used to have to actually go onto MapQuest, print off a map. We use ways to navigate so that we can get places. Okay? If you go to some random city on vacation and you know there's a restaurant that you want to get to but you don't know how to get there, Are you just going to wander aimlessly throughout the city until you find it? Maybe you find that fun. Uh, I'd get really hungry and frustrated, and I wouldn't want to do that. Why would that be so unhelpful for you? Because it could take you all night to find it, right? Yeah, it's not productive. Maybe you won't even find it because you're on the wrong side of town. The Bible serves in a similar way in that if we're just wandering through life, expecting to find God and expecting to grow closer to Jesus, but we're not relying on the one thing that's going to point us towards him, we're never going to figure it out. We're never going to draw close to God unless we are pursuing him with the scriptures. He's like that GPS, but even on a greater scale with our souls. The Bible shows us how to live. It shows us things that we need to imitate. shows us things that we need to avoid, things that might be potential pitfalls and traps in your faith. The law shows us right and wrong. The law shows us that we needed someone better, and Jesus came to fulfill that for you and me. But he also saved us so that we would follow him. And following him means going to his scriptures. And you'll talk a little bit about this in small groups, but I know reading the Bible isn't always an easy thing. Not always easy to understand. Sometimes there's stories that you just have no clue what's going on. Sometimes you're just confused. And sometimes you may not even know how to read it or where to start. And that's okay. We're going to give you some tools. We're going to equip you in small groups on ways you can do that. But the Bible serves to teach you, to reprove you, to correct you, and train you in righteousness. And if we don't go to it, we're not going to be able to benefit from any of those things. Amen? All right, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this time that we can come and study your word and learn about how your word changes us. I do pray that you would be with us as we worship you now and as we go to small groups. Bless us for the rest of this evening and for the rest of this week. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYM.